Hey everyone, welcome to Yoga Land's Yoga Teacher Companion. I'm Jason Crandall, your host. In the last two videos or the last two episodes, I talked about the relationships and the dynamics between flexibility and mobility and also between passive range of motion, active range of motion, and end range strength. So what I wanna do in this episode is I wanna give you five really great examples of both active range of motion and end range strength for the hips. These are things that I'm using in my practice and my teaching all the time. So I'm gonna show you a couple of these things. The other thing that I wanna do is I wanna tell you where I most frequently put this content in my practice and in my classes. Um, because I think that if I give you these pieces of content, but also let you know, give you kind of an idea of where you can insert them for your students, I think that that's gonna be really helpful for you. The other thing I wanna do is give you just a little bit of cueing for these things so you have a sense of how I approach them, okay? Now there are countless things that we could be doing, uh, but this is gonna be five really great things that we can uh, really help improve our hip range and end range strength and help our students uh, create these factors. So the first thing that I'm gonna show you is what I call the unbelted or unbound Supta Padangustasana series, okay? So what, to, what we're gonna do to do this is we're really simply, we're just gonna lay on our back, okay? And when we lay on our back, you're gonna bend both knees, take the bottom of the feet to the floor, okay? And then what you wanna know about this is you're, you're, you're probably not gonna get a big stretch. So we're sacrificing a big hamstring stretch for greater control of motion in the joint, okay? So what I like to do for this is I straighten one leg. Right now I'm straightening my left leg on the ground. Then I'm straightening my right leg up towards the ceiling, okay? And I'm not holding on to it and I'm flexing my foot. I can point the foot, but for this I like to flex the foot to lengthen the posterior compartment. So the calves and then the muscles that live under the calves. Now a lot of times what we would do in a pose like this is reach up, catch the big toe, or use a belt, or hold on. And those are ideal ways of working this pose if you wanna emphasize hamstring flexibility. But if in general I wanna create a little bit more strength and control in this range, I'm just going to raise the leg without the arm support, okay? So I like to do all three poses in this, uh, in this series. So the first one is the leg is up. This is making my hip flexors work really strong. So it's building more concentric anterior control in the front of the hip joint, okay? And then from here, I open the leg out to the side. And this is, this is pretty hard for most people until they get a good sense of it. Because now what's happening is I'm getting a length, I'm getting a stretch in the right inner leg muscles, the adductors, but those adductors are not passive. Gravity is pressing down on the inner leg, which means those inner thigh muscles, they're having to work really strong at their end range, okay? So I'm building strength and length in the right inner leg muscles. And then from here, I like to take the leg across the body and I add a little bit of a twist to it, okay? Now when I do this, everyone, I don't go all the way down to the floor. I go all the way to the floor with that foot if I'm primarily focusing on lengthening the outer hip muscles and getting a nice stretch in there, but I'm not really, I'm treating this as more of an active range pose. 
So I don't want that leg, I don't want that foot to be supported by something other than its own intrinsic strength. So when I take this twist, everyone, I just take it across the body, enough to get a little length on the outer hip, but you see these outer hip muscles, not only are they stretching, but they're also having to work in position. So they're getting a little bit more uh, end range strength and active range, okay? So that's the first thing that I like to do. Now, do my students like to do it? Only if I sell them on it, okay? So I think what you wanna convince yourself and others in this way of working is A, this is not the only way of working, doesn't mean at other times you can't use a belt or hold on to the foot and get more of an overt stretch. That has merit too. But we wanna work in multiple ways and diversify the stresses that we produce in our body. Um, and so this way of working is a complementary way of working to just stretching that stuff. Secondly, this is gonna help create a little bit more strength in position. And I think that most students of a modern era understand the value, not just of having more range of motion, but more strength in that range. One more thing about this sequence, everyone, is I tend to do this stuff, the Supta Padangustasana sequence, early on. It's a really good hip mobilization warm-up, okay? Now, the next thing that I'm gonna show you um, is the incorporation of malasana, or garland pose, into salutations, okay? Now you can do this in any salutation, but I'm gonna show you the movement first. I'm gonna show you just a couple of simple little things that we can do to diversify this movement. Um, and then I'll give you one little pattern that's kind of a half salutation that incorporates this that you can experiment with, okay? So malasana is really pretty straightforward, okay? So depending on your range of motion, you might take the feet hip width apart, you might take the feet a little bit wider than hip width apart. You might have the feet facing forward. You might turn the feet out a little bit. You just kind of have to experiment with those variables. And then from here, you sit down into a squat. Now, if someone has much more motion limitation and they're not able to do this, okay, well, then one, you can just have them uh, elevate the heels. So you can put uh, like a rolled yoga mat under the heels that elevation of the heels decreases how much the knee has to shift forward, which makes the pose more accessible for many bodies, okay? The other thing that you can do if this is inaccessible is just not go all the way down. So I'm coming all the way down to a full squat, but if for you or your students, your body doesn't work like that, you can make it a much more mild squat. You can even kind of brace with the hands on the legs, okay? So what I like to do to make it more of a malasana salutation is reduce one of the standing forward bends or reduce each salutation, reduce the forward bends in each salutation by one. So I'm taking away one of the forward bends, one of the uttanasanas, and instead I'm, I'm putting malasana in its place. Why? Because we already have a lot of forward bends. Um, and we don't have enough really like deep squatting action uh, to maintain full hip mobility in most styles of yoga. So what I like to do everyone is for a half salutation or any kind of salutation to be honest. So we inhale, reach up. And then as you exhale, instead of forward bending, right? As you exhale, you hinge down into the squat. You stay there, inhale. 
Then you exhale into the forward fold. Then you inhale, come all the way up. So a more conventional half salutation or a more conventional kind of any salutation, that beginning phase, you have a standing forward bend, then you lift halfway up, then you have a standing forward bend, then you step back. So this is just removing one of those front bends and inserting malasana instead. So another way that I will do this a lot in my practice, <clears throat> and one of the things to know everyone is, what I'll usually do is tell people, hey, we're gonna do malasana, so as we do malasana, for these salutations, you probably wanna start with the feet a little bit wider than hip width apart, okay? So I'll have people start with the feet a little bit wider, inhale, reach up, exhale, hinge at the hips into that squat malasana. So we'll inhale here, then exhale into a front bend. And then if it's a lunge salutation, we'll just inhale halfway up, exhale, step back to any kind of lunge, okay? But that inclusion is really, really nice. Third thing, 90-90 sit. Now this has become kind of almost synonymous with hip mobility, but there's a detail or two that I like to include that I often don't find is um, communicated or thought of, okay? So for the 90-90 sit, <clears throat> you start in this position. You can start in a bunch of different positions, right? But what you'll typically do is you'll start with the shins parallel to each other, the knees bend about 90 degrees, right? And then without using your hands, right? You can use your hands if you need to use your hands, right? But ideally what you're doing is you're rotating one knee in, one knee out. So my left leg is coming into deep external rotation, right leg in deep internal rotation. And then from here I can stay upright or I can lean forward to get more length on the front outer hip. I can even increase the internal rotation of my back leg by lifting my inner foot and shin off of the ground, right? So those are all kind of simple variables that you can add to the pose, right? And what we'll typically do is do this with movement, right? Do this with a certain amount of timing and pace so that we're going one side kind of continuous movements and then that other side continuous movement. Now, the little detail that I think is really worth your while, especially in this context, the context of the conversation we're having now, is how to work the front leg in the pose to make it a little bit stronger in that end range. So I wanna engage it a little bit in its stretched position if I'm looking for end range strength. And again, if you haven't, if you're not quite sure what end range strength is, it's so worth your time to watch my other video where I kind of break this down and talk about the value of it. Um, but if I'm doing this 90-90 sit, everyone, which I often do early in the sequence and late in the sequence, but most commonly, I will do this work, Supta series like I showed you, then this 90-90 sit, then the half salutations or full salutations of Malasana, okay? There can be other things in there, but in terms of what I'm presenting to you, that's kind of the order of what I really like to do. Now, one of the things I wanna note that when you're in the 90-90 sit, if you're upright and you're looking for length on the 
adductors of the back leg. So my left leg is forward, my right leg is posterior. So if I want more length and more end range strength here in my right inner thigh muscles, I actually wanna press that inner knee down into the floor. So I'm always padding the inside of the knee so it's not uncomfortable, but I'm pressing that inner knee down everyone because that's gonna engage my right inner leg muscles in their lengthened position. Similarly, when I come forward, right? Now, whether I take my hands to the floor and use them as base or kind of hover here, with that front leg, I'm pressing the ground, okay? Not enough to make me sweat or like regret my life's decisions, but I'm pressing down enough that those left outer hip muscles are working in their position, okay? Now, fourth thing I like to do, and I do this a lot within kind of standing poses or standing pose flows, which is a standing ankle to knee transition, okay? So really there's two phases that you wanna think of when we do this, okay? The first phase, and I usually do it from Utskatasana, the first phase is you get kind of deep and low, then you pick the foot up like you're gonna go ankle to knee, but you hover it there. So my left outer ankle is hovering above my knee, it's not coming all the way down yet, and I take a few breaths here, because what that's doing is, that's creating the active pattern, the active range of motion pattern of external rotation and hip flexion, okay? So I actually treat this as a pose, right? And then I go ankle to knee. And then to really make this interesting for me, instead of making it just a passive stretch, okay? What I like to do, I like to take if my left leg is up, I take my right fingers down, I take my left forearm, I scoop underneath the outside of that left knee. I pull it up a little bit, and then I press my left knee firmly and consistently down into the arm. What that's doing, everyone, is my left arm, by hooking underneath my left knee, it's giving my, the leg that's stretching something to press into, so the left outer hip muscles that are stretching are also working in that stretched position, okay? You try this out, you need to, I guarantee um, you, will, you will like it in that yoga kind of, like love-hate kind of like it way. Final thing, Gomukhasana transition to end range strength, okay? Now you can do this with any hip opener, but a lot of times I will find myself in my classes doing this pretty late in the sequence. It's kind of one of the more last things that I'll do. And I usually will end up coming into this pose, Gomukhasana, from something like pigeon, okay? So the way I do it is I'll come up and then instead of just taking my leg with my arm and kind of dragging my leg into place with my arm, which is fine, everyone, but if I'm dragging my leg around with my arm, I'm not teaching my leg how to get itself there, which means I'm not creating active range of motion, okay? So you can use your arms to move your legs as much as you want, but just know with the mindset that we have here of cultivating active range of motion, that's not the technique that we're utilizing, okay? So what I'll do is I'll come up, I'll come back, and I'll just kind of reach that right leg forward, so I'm not holding on right? I'm reaching that leg forward and then I make the leg 
cross the body. My arms didn't help, right? So I make the leg cross the body. Then once that leg crosses the body, again, instead of using my hands to kind of push my legs into place, I just, I use the legs to wiggle themselves into place. Then to make it a really interesting end range strengthener, so a deep stretch while also creating strength, come forward, my left arm, so my opposite arm, everyone, my right knee is on top. So you take the opposite arm, you scoop under the top knee, you scoop under it. And then with that right knee, you press consistently down into the arm. So essentially with that arm, I've pulled up, I've created a barrier for that knee, and then with that knee I press down consistently strongly. So I'm getting a deep stretch in the outer hip. Piriformis is part of it, but it's the whole lateral posterior complex that's involved. And as I do this, everyone, this 100% is worth every moment of my time. Because not only am I creating more range of motion, but I'm creating more strength in that range. Right? So all of these things, my goal for you would be things that you experiment with. And then as you experiment with them, you kind of figure out like, oh, I can kind of play with these other poses this way, so forth and so on, right? So you start to find kind of your own creative outlet, if you will, from this jumping off series. Once you experiment with it, bring it to your students. Just use this stuff, everyone. That's why I'm creating this content so that we can continue to help our students learn and grow and, uh, and get to know themselves better and feel better in their body, okay? So, enjoy. I hope this is really helpful. I'm gonna create another episode shortly, same concepts, but for shoulders. Um, and if you're interested in more, just make sure to uh, join my email list in the description below. Okay, everyone. Enjoy your practice.